once I realized that and I looked at like, who are the rainmakers? Who are people who are extraordinary salespeople? The thing that they all had in common from smallest little sale, like spritzing you with perfume at Macy's all the way to house sale, like broad range of price was inside of relationship. Yes. Say it again for for the people in the back, please, Shoshana. Yeah. If you're not present, you can't build relationships. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today. My friend Shoshana French is here with us, and she's going to be talking about practicing presence which I think is a huge, huge thing for all of us to really be mindful of and, and aware of because presence is the only thing that's, that's real. And I'm super excited to have Shoshana with us. She and I know each other because we're in a net grouping, uh, networking group together called The Dames. And I had a very fun, pleasant conversation with her uh, a couple of months ago. And I said, you need to come into my group. They'll love you. I want her to share the amazing stuff that she does. And now we have her here. So welcome, Shoshana. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about our conversation. Me too. Me too. I'm super. I loved our the conversation you and I had the last time. Could have could have easily been right in here. It was so powerful and so amazing. So I'm I'm glad we're getting to do it here now. And we're talkers, so we had lots to say and to listen, and it was good. It was like yeah. you know, tangential. I like those yep. kind of conversations. Yep, I know. Me too. Me too. So <laughs> why don't you share a little bit about yourself and the work that you do and how you got to where you are? Because I know that's always really fascinating um, to people, to, to me especially. And we're talking to a group of people who many times are relatively new to business. So I think it's helpful for them to hear how you got to where you are. Hmm. So I just want to say first, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, I remember being a new entrepreneur. I got started 17 years ago. So I've been open now for 17 years. And perhaps like you, I actually started doing this as a side hustle. Um, How I got started is I was in a money group, like with a coaching, with a coach and a bunch of people. And we were talking about money. And it was how do you create more financial freedom? And the primary message in that group was have more than one stream of income. (laughs) So I had a day job which was a horrible day job, but I had a day job and I started this side gig. And um, originally how I started, and maybe a long time ago, I wouldn't tell people this, but I'm just more upfront about it now. Uh, I was a psychic. I did readings with cards, um, met people at Starbucks and did events like those big metaphysical events where people sell crystals. That's what I did. And I did that for a long time, you know, probably for the better part of six or seven years. And then um, as things go, when you're an intuitive entrepreneur like I am, I found myself uh, at an event and doing a session for a very famous person who then had me on television and I was on the radio and like all this stuff happened. And uh, I came to a pretty pivotal moment in my business where I could really choose to do the 
let's do the famous psychic thing or, um, and you should put this on your own self, whoever is listening to this, whatever that is for you, you can keep, you know, having your job and your day gig, or I could choose something else. And uh, I had to really look for myself to see what I was aligned with and what mattered. And I wanted to do something totally different. I really wanted to help people in a lasting way. Uh, so I started to teach and I teach what I do. So what I do now is um, I would say that who I am is I am a coach, um, but I'm also a teacher and uh, an intuition expert. And whereas where I started was pretty woo woo for people, those words translate like pretty woo, um, pretty out there. But who I am, strangely, who I am is pretty grounded. So um, most of what I do is backed in science. I know, weird, right? Like totally backed in science, brain science specifically. And I like to ask questions. And so it's what led me to do what I do now. So mostly what I do now is I work with very successful female business owners who are actually wildly successful in their business. However, they feel somewhat disconnected from what matters most to them in life. And so I help them by connecting to that presence we're going to talk about, like by connecting to that inner wisdom and that presence to have all of it, right? So to have a continue having a successful business or career, if that's the case, but also great, deep, meaningful relationships with other people, with themselves, time off to spend time with their families and to, you know, be on vacation and to do their hobbies. So that's what I do now. And uh, I have a patented system that I use called the intuitive blueprint. And I work with people to really all kinds of people to train them how to pay attention to what their kind of inner voice is telling them. And duh, totally helpful in sales. <laughs> of course. Can't wait to get on that topic with you for sure. By the way, did you call it the intuitive woo print? Or no, you, it's not. Okay. okay. I thought you said woo print. Woo print. Like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> it would be funny if it was the intuitive blueprint. I kind of yeah. like that. But it's yeah. the intuitive blueprint, like, you know, like a blueprint, like an architect. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I thought I heard blueprint, but then I was like, did she say woo print? Because it just said woo woo. Um, so quick question about what you shared. Thank you for sharing your story and, and you know, and how you got here. It sounds to me like you trusted your instincts and, and and allowed things to, as they showed up for you, you kind of, you know, followed the breadcrumbs, took that next step. Was it hard for you? So, so you were an intuitive, you were somebody who definitely felt that early on. Did you know what that was? Was it hard for you to trust it? Like, how did you allow that to become a thing? Cause I think we all have trouble owning our gifts. When I was 18, uh, I was, when I was in college, um, a group of women who were my mom's and grandmother's age trained me. So these were all old school metaphysicians and they trained me how to understand this thing that all of us have. But for me, I'd kind of like felt pretty uncomfortable with because it gave me a lot of information about people, but I didn't have any, I didn't have any cognitive understanding. The way that I define intuition, which is often helpful in this context is intuition is a direct knowing or seeing into something without any prior experience or education about that thing or that person. So we all have gifts of insight. We all have gifts of deeper understanding and not really knowing why we understand something. We also have this ability to get clarity about stuff without gathering a lot of information. We've all had that experience where all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's it. That's the thing. But we don't know why. 
I'm a big proponent of like, if you want to know why that is, that's your logic. There's nothing wrong with logic. Logic is really good for, and so is data. It's really good for solving problems and for finding solutions for things. It's inside of the world that's known. But I really traffic in what's intuitive decision-making, which is how do you get insight, clarity, understanding outside of what you already know, what side of outside of what's already known. So is it because the brain is controlling what you already know and controlling those decisions? And if you can get outside of that, then that's where you're really connecting to your presence, your truth. Well, it's all those things, right? It's not just the brain. So the human body is pretty complex. So we have a second brain in our belly, right? And that's where all of those hormones come. So when we have like, it feels like someone kicked us in the gut when we're really upset about something and we have an emotional reaction, which, oh, hello, welcome to the potential rejection when you made, when you do sales. No, I don't want to hear a no, right? Like we, we're not even in our right mind at that moment. We're in an emotional response, fight, flight, or freeze. That is related to our brain, but it's also related to our chemistry. So yes, it is that, one, I think it's being able to recognize that we have so much automatic reaction to people, to stimuli in general. Our brain is designed to be a prediction machine. So we know that's safe, that's not safe. Enemy, friend, enemy, friend, dangerous, not dangerous. Uh, so, you know, we have to, some people are really, really comfortable having insight about people. And they make amazing salespeople, automatically great salespeople. And then some people are really insightful about how things work. My friend's this engineer. He was one of those kids who took everything apart when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he learned in the putting it back together again. But all of that, you know, that some of that occurs inside of the brain, what you know. But it also occurs in the brain where your opinions about what you think is possible, your judgments about yourself and about life. And all of that training you had in your formative years and your habits. So Steve Jobs had this amazing idea for this thing called an iPhone. It's not like that came out of nowhere. He was inspired by watching an old Star Trek episode where they were holding a a camcorder, like the thing in the hand, where it was like this handheld computer. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's interesting. It like, it prompted this idea. And when he brought it to his people, they're like, that's not possible. And he goes, listen, I know it's possible because I saw it, figure it out. And then they did. So the same goes with us. I mean, obviously this is like, we're talking about innovation and, you know, like inventing new things, but as an entrepreneur, we're inventing new things all the time. Like, do you want to do discovery calls or do you want to do a free thing in the evening and people come to it in person or over the phone? And that's how you share what you offer. There's like a million different ways of doing things. So if you yeah. are guided by what you already know versus You're what limited. is actually in alignment, mm-hmm. then you are likely to do things the hard way. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because we're, we're using just that one, that one piece of us yep. to make that decision versus really expansively looking at a whole, right. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I love that. I did not know that Steve Jobs was watching Star Trek when he got that idea. I love that. He was a sci-fi guy. He was inspired by all of these sci-fi things where people were like holding computers in their hands. Mm -hmm. They were like scanning stuff and they were able to communicate with it, but it also gave them information. Right. Well, even more, that's just a testament to like, once we do get that click, that, that 
thing that grabs our like whatever whatever he was watching. I'm sure he's not the only person in the world that watched it. A lot of no. other saw that. And to me, what? what I hear is there are people that see things that understand it or feel it at a very different level. And it is your obligation when you have that connection to something to follow it, right? Because thousands, millions, who knows how many people watch that same Star Trek and didn't have that connection or see a bigger picture with it. And it's, yeah. it's our job to follow that when we feel it. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in Big Magic for anyone who's curious. Have you read that book? I referenced that book an hour ago on my group coaching oh, call. I was talking about Of course about you did. Magic. Yes, of course. <laughs> surprise, well, in, that, surprise. in that book, she talks about, she calls it following the goosebumps, right? But Essentially, she said, the muse comes to you and delivers unto you this idea, and you can either take it or you don't. Yeah. It doesn't mean that idea dies. It means that idea goes to the next person. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I'm a, when I talk about presence, it sounds a little conceptual, but mm -hmm. I'm actually talking about all parts of ourselves. So I'm talking about being in your body being not in your head, that's the narrative part of your brain that's like narrating what you're seeing. Like, I see triangular things behind her back and she looks like she's on a leather couch. And that's an interesting pattern on that, you know, like that part of the brain, but like being present mm -hmm. with someone like undistracted, full right. attention, right? Like that kind of presence. So I can listen. And when you're fully present, you use different parts of your brain than the part of your brain you use to think of ideas. So Ooh. when people are listening, they're actually activating a different part of their brain. So I mean that. I also mean when we are in emotional reaction, it actually has different hormones be present in our body. So if you like, I remember when I used to go door to door back in the day when I was a kid selling stuff and you were like, hyped up about it that's a very different interaction like uh um my choir and I are going to this thing and can you buy some popcorn like right. that's a very different I didn't know about presence then so that interaction was I wasn't fully present I was just like you know like in right. the reaction of things so the, the emotion yeah mm -hmm. so when I say presence I mean mentally you're present physically you're present emotionally you're present and energetically you're present, like you're holding a container with this person because we all know this, right? You're not buying a pitch. When someone pitch, pitches you for something, like when you sit down at a restaurant and they tell you what the specials are, if you never eat swordfish and that's the special, you're not going to buy it right. unless they tell this glorious story and you're like, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And you like their vibe and you're like, well, 
I don't know. I've never had, you've never had swordfish. Oh my gosh. You have to, tr like it's an right. interaction. It happens in the dialogue and in the conversation because wow. a, a sale, yes, is a transaction. However, the yes is an indication of something, just not what most people think when they do sales. As yeah. you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but oh, I love it. I love it. Well, and it always helps them to hear it from somebody else besides me. But I, I say that, of course, I just said that an hour ago, too, on my group call, because I was saying, let's not get the sale confused with the transaction. The sale and the transaction are at you're always selling, you know, and it's it's about how how are you getting people to come along with you? How are you getting those micro commitments? And just like you said, that's the engagement. That's the interaction. You're getting the buy in all along the way so that when the person finally says yes, that's not when they made their decision. The sale is when they're making the decision through that whole interaction, whether it happens in that moment at a restaurant where the waiter's giving you the special, or it happens over three months as you're nurturing and building a relationship with somebody who has recently joined your community. It's like, that's where the sale is actually happening. Yes. I will say for myself, having been in business as long as I have, when when things shifted in my business around sales, when I went from what I was making and then kind of like in 2017, my relationship to sales really, it's just natural how things go. My relationship to sales really changed because at that time in my business, what I was selling was not, I was not like as passionately excited about it. And so I changed what I was offering. Mm -hmm. But I had the same people I'd had, you know, my list had the same people, I had the same relationships, and they all wanted, or I was inter, you know, interacting with them about the old thing I had sold. And then now when I had this new offer, mm -hmm. I had to recreate that sense of presence, because that experience of building relationship is the discovery. It's, I'll say this, and it's just from like, years and years of being a salesperson, even before I owned my own business, I worked for a transformational education company for two years, but also was volunteering for them and did sales for them for the better part of seven years. I did, I sold uh, computer parts. I mean, I've been doing sales way before I was ever actually a business owner. Right. So I have a lot, I mean, as a kid, Girl Scout cookies, like on and on and on. Right. Uh, and the, once I realized that and I looked at like, who are the rainmakers? Who are people who are extraordinary salespeople? The thing that they all had in common from smallest little sale, like spritzing you with perfume at Macy's all the way to house sale, like broad range of price was inside of relationship. Yes. Yes. Say it and again for the, for the people in the back, please, Shoshana. Yeah. If you're not present, you can't build relationship. If no. you're like in the back of your head thinking, I mean, this is just, we, <laughs> we have this person once come and try to sell us solar, right? And uh, we have solar now, but it was because the salesperson who came and sold it to us the second time, he was, he built a relationship. We've gone to dinner with him twice. He's that kind of person, right? But the person who came before, she was really nice, but you could tell in the interaction, she wasn't present. Yep. Like, and then finally, because I, I can't help it, I was like, are you okay? You seem a little distracted. Mm -hmm. And she was like, as soon as I said that, it was like all the things that were in her brain, <laughs> she puked them all out. And like, I ended up helping her and I gave her you, some You sold her a coaching package. She came to sell you and you were like, <laughs> here are all the resources of the best books I've read about self-development over the last right. year. Right. And then here are two free classes that I recommend. Like, let me help you. <laughs> I'm not buying your solar. 
because she didn't she didn't believe in it, right? When we got down to the bottom of it, yep. for her, what was present was a concern yeah. that if yep. she sold me this thing, the company she worked for wasn't going to deliver. Now yep. she didn't say that out loud. And you don't have to be tapped into your intuition to sense when you can trust something or not trust something. Yep. Like it's a right, but if you're more tapped in, you can sense. So whoever's watching this, if you're new to like doing sales in your own company, whatever you do, whether it's like you're at the gym or whatever, do what you need to do to be present when you're going to have a conversation with someone. And I had someone say to me one time, this was a long time ago when I worked for that educational company, they said, be more interested than interesting. And I, every once in a while, think about that when I'm engaged in a conversation about a sale with a potential client or someone is engaged with me to sell me something. The question I often wonder is, are they interested in me as a potential sale? And am I interested really in them? Yep. That's 100%. And I say that all the time, be interested, not interesting. And curiosity is what builds empathy. Curiosity is what truly allows us to connect. And when we're not taking that approach of curiosity and we're in some kind of fear because we're worried about our own agenda, we're not present. And that will be felt energetically by people. And people want to feel that you are interested in them, especially if you're trying to sell them something that you think you know is in their best interest. How do you know it's in their best interest if they don't even feel like you're connecting with them? It's like a swing and a miss, right? So I, I love that. Be interested, not interesting. And that goes back to the idea that your curiosity means you need to be asking questions. That's where the interest in them comes from. I'm asking you questions. I'm finding out because otherwise you're just trying to push your own agenda. And you're not really listening to what that person might need that you can help them with. There is this book that I love for all your people watching. And I'm a big reader. So I read probably 40 books a year. Some of which, by the way, are are really fun novels. I love novels. But um, there's this book, Donald Miller, Story Brand. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the things he says, which to me is exactly this, right? The thing he says is that people don't need a hero. They're a hero. Yeah. They're a hero in their own life. So if you're, if you are what you're offering people is something related to their health, mm-hmm. they don't want you to hero them. Yeah. They don't like the movie wasn't about Rocky's trainer. It was about Rocky. Right. Yep. It wasn't about Yoda. It was about, you know, Luke Skywalker. Like yep. that's the people want to be a hero, not, you know what I'm saying? They want to be a hero in their own life. Yeah. So your coaching, your service, your opportunity is what's going to elevate that, not make it about you. There's a saying I heard recently, and I love it. It's from from one of my mentors, Phil Jones, create come with me content, not look at me content. That's so good right? Because it's not about you. You're not stage on the stage. Like you get your chance to do that when you're doing free trainings and providing value where you're sharing from an area of expertise. And and that's important too, right? We want to position ourselves as an expert so that they know why they want to come along with us. But interested versus interesting is really the game changer here and makes all the difference in you really connecting with people. Yeah. So I'd love to share this, which is people often ask, I'm like, you know, super stressed as a business owner. I always have more to do than time. And I'm not just only doing a business. I have all these other things I do. So what do you suggest so I can cultivate presence? 
So I have a fun little, this is from my PR person who recommended that I create like an acronym that people can remember. Mm-hmm. Pal, be a pal to yourself. Pal, oh. P-A-L. P is okay. for pause. Okay. Before you get on a sales call of any kind, before you go speak on stage, before you have a first date, <laughs> pause, take a moment to get present. A really, really easy way to get present, and probably some of your health coaches will know this one, but it's one of my faves. It's the five, four, three, two, one meditation. It's the easiest one I know. The way that I do it, the way that I have clients do it, are what are five things that you see? And some people are really visual. And so you want to make sure that they say, I see a red, you know, couch. Not just I see a couch, have them be more descriptive. That has them get more present. This is for you, right? If you're doing it. So what are five things you see? What are four sensations in your body? Mm. What people sometimes say, like, what are four things you feel? I'm like, what are four sensations in your body? Because when you get into your body, then when you notice subtle changes in your body, when you're talking to someone, you can notice like, oh, I'm noticing that now my chest is tight again. That means I'm not like I'm feeling uncomfortable. Let me relax. I can be present with them again. Mm -hmm. Um, Three things that you hear, two things you smell, one thing you taste, five things you see, four things you feel, three things you hear, two things you smell, one thing you taste. So that's pause. Take literally two minutes and pause. And then get curious, just like you're saying, Nicole, get curious. I say where curiosity grows is where intuition flows. So curiosity it ignites that part of your brain where that insight and understanding of others and of yourself shows up. So ask questions. So pause and then ask questions. And sometimes you can just ask a question like, I feel nervous. Why do I feel nervous? Oh my gosh, because I feel like haven't made a close on a sale in a month and I feel a little desperate. They're like, oh, great. Being desperate is not the vibe I want to bring to a conversation with someone about how they want to transform their life. So let me handle my stuff and remember what this is about. And then the last is listen. So pause, ask, listen. Mm -hmm. And to me, listening is like, listen with the whole of yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're being interested, it's like, think of your very favorite person who's an amazing storyteller. And like you hang on their every word because you know it's just getting going to, it's funny. It's like going to be entertaining. Like you want to, you don't want to miss any part of the story. Like if they were television, you'd pause it so you could go pee and not miss any of it. Mm-hmm. Like be that interested. That's what listening is. So pause, ask, listen. It also means listen to yourself as well. Right. Well, because if you're doing that on you, so I like that you said this can be done on yourself as well. It's not just be a pal and use this on somebody else. It's applicable for you to. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. So the pause, the ask and the listen. Wow, that's great for like before a sales call. I highly recommend it. I have I had a client who she's very, very successful real estate agent, two or three hundred houses a year or something like that. She's got a group of 20 And uh, we were talking about her team and she was trying to have them. She's the kind of person, obviously, very, very good at being interested Mm -hmm. and getting in people's worlds. And she had all these kind of newish real estate agents who were like, kind of like they had, she called them dollar signs in their eyes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't understand how to get them to just let all of that go and just be present. 
And what I told her, which I'm telling everybody who's watching this live, which is our brains are habitual, right? So they're neural pathways. If we don't have a neural pathway to be present, we won't be present. Mm. If we grew up in a family where, which I did, right? I grew up in a family where if you wanted to be heard, you had to talk over people and you had to be really funny. Otherwise, no one was going to listen. So if you grew up in that kind of family, I have a habit for looking for my in where I can be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Or feeling like you need to talk over somebody in order to, because that's what you were conditioned to, to believe that's how it happened. Right. So you have to rewrite mm-hmm. those habits. Mm-hmm. And the, the newest habit, you know, science, which is fascinating to me, because when I'm talking to people about trusting their intuition, I'm asking them to become an intuitive decision maker, which goes against the neural pathways in their brains that have them be a data driven decision maker. So it's a brand new habit of, of decision. It's the same thing that health I think about this. I think you and I talked about this. I lost 110 pounds over the last five years. And the way I did that was by rewriting habits. When I drive down the road and I see fast food, I don't really see it anymore because that's not food to me anymore. I had to rewrite the habit in my brain. So this isn't any different. If you have a certain way that you operate inside of your sales calls, this is about formulating a new habit. So you are like, your husband's got the kids or you've got your dog out of the room or you've gone to the bathroom or you've drank some water and you made sure the person you're having a sales call with is equally undistracted Mm -hmm. so that you can have a really deep conversation. If you only do 15 minute conversations and you notice that's not long enough or you do 60 and that's too long, make adjustments so that you can be really present Mm -hmm. and that they can be really present. That's the best way it works. Yeah. Well, because they'll, I mean, and this is an old saying, and I love it because it's still so powerful and so relevant. People won't remember what you said or did. They'll remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And when you are present and you're doing that active listening and you're building that empathy through curiosity and through questions, they'll feel that. And that is the most powerful way to show up for somebody because that connection that they have is what makes them want to hear more from you or be more a part of your world. Yeah. Everybody who's in this group is clearly someone who cares about people. These are service hearted oriented people. However, when it comes to sales, it doesn't tap into that service base. Typically it just doesn't because it's, we tend to be results oriented about that. It doesn't tap into the part of us that wants to help people. So do what you need to do to be present to the desire you have to help them. (laughs) Right. 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 And, and truly be of service and not make it about, I need this sale, which is tough. As you know, you've been a, a beginning entrepreneur. It's tough at the beginning because there's like this, oh, but I'm a business owner and I need to make money. And when you stay in that energy, you're not going to. You've got to be focused on truly connecting with the people. And sometimes that means it takes a little while to, to gain that traction. 100%. It, I mean, it really does. I want to peel back the curtain. So I've had a really good year so far. I've signed five new coaching clients, and uh, which is awesome. But I want to reveal this to people because I think you could think that it takes time to cultivate. So one of those coaching clients is someone that I have been talking to for two and a half years. Thank you. Thank two you for feeling back and a half, texting, that. having conversation. She's yep. written me for resources, that kind of thing. Yep. And all of a sudden, she's like, I'm ready. But here's what's funny, right? She was ready. She signed up, told her friend 
about us working together. And that friend knew immediately right away, right away. Another person is someone who I worked with four years ago and they kind of just, you know, ghosted, dropped off, came back and signed up for six months. Right. And then the other two are people that, you know, one was someone who met me online on Instagram. It's not like I interacted with her a lot. However, she posts really good stuff. So I've messaged her and things not thinking at all about a sale, just genuinely, I'm curious about what she's up to. And then the last person is a friend who we were at breakfast and I felt a little funny. I'm like, uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm selling you something. And she's like, no, I'm asking you. So all of those really, and four of those have happened in the last four and a half weeks. So what I can say is that you know, 17 years down the road, obviously I've built a lot of relationships. Yep. Yeah. A lot Thank of relationships. You for saying it like that too, because I think that's really powerful for people to hear. Like, sure, you've gotten five new clients, but for you to to really show where they came from is helpful because we were just talking about this earlier in my group program. Um, one of the women was like really busy this week and she's like, but somehow I had two organic people join my Facebook group. She's like, I don't know where they came from. And I said, I do. Because even though you got busy this week, you've been doing so much work up to this point that that when we can't see the instant gratification from the actions we're taking and the things we're doing, it can feel challenging. But then it can feel like out of nowhere, somebody just showed up. Well, that's never really out of nowhere. And what we're doing today determines who we are tomorrow and what what, what's in our world tomorrow. And so sometimes it feels like we're spinning our wheels and we're not getting anywhere. But that's exactly it. For two and a half years, that first client that you mentioned, you've just been in back and forth, you know, and I share that a lot with my clients because before I I was in the coaching space in the corporate world, I mean, I worked for years on some of the clients that I was working with before they actually signed. And we can't let that take us out of the game or be the reason why we don't keep showing up for that person because they might not be ready now. But that doesn't mean we cut off and stop nurturing and stop building the relationship. It's even more important that we do. Yeah. And for some people, they may hear you say that and then all of a sudden feel super overwhelmed, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, totally natural because yep. it, it sounds a little like amorphous, like what does that even look like? Right. So, I mean, there's all the things that we do to nurture and nurture relationships. So what I often say is take it out of the context of business and mm-hmm. put it in the context of relationship in general. So if you have a really good friend, and and you're the kind of friends that can just check in with each other once every three months. But if you didn't hear from them for three months, it would be weird. Like, you know that. It's not about the, the quantity. I think that's sometimes what people think. Mm-hmm. 17 years means lots of relationships, but that's because it's been 17 years. Right. You know what I mean? I am really, really, to me, it's about like, not, not quantity. It used to be, right? And you have to manage that however you want to. I'm the kind of person where I track things about people. That's my like interest in just yep. getting to know people and hearing their story. Yep. Um, I tried CRMs for lots of years, like a customer relations manager of kind. It doesn't work great for me. Having a leads list yep. doesn't work for me. Having a, this is who's on my hot list or in the pipeline, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. I know that about myself because I learned the hard way. I had CRMs, tracked all that stuff, and I bugged the crap out of people instead of building relationship. But if you know you have so much going on, that really helps you find a system to, it's again, it's all in service of how do you stay present? 
How right. do you be present? Right. And then also, how do you nurture and take care of people? So it's yeah. all like how you want to take care of people. I'm so glad you brought that up because as a sales coach, I got to be honest, my CRM when I was in my corporate job was like the bane of my existence because I didn't <laughs> need it to perform at the level that I was performing at. I was number one in the nation. And I was like, I don't need this. Like, I, I know I remember things about people and I may have I, I'm not suggesting somebody just keep it all in their head. But certainly, I think the being present piece that you keep speaking of is so important that we know ourselves and what works for us. And we were just talking about that earlier today with some of my clients, because I was like, I can't tell you one system for you to use to make this work because you're different than me. And some of my clients love spreadsheets and they keep track of all of their leads lists and communication on a spreadsheet. That would never work for me. Some people have different CRMs that they like. You've got to know yourself well enough to know what's going to work best and then operate from there. Because that's going to allow you to stay present and show up as the you versus trying to keep track of something that doesn't really work for you. It's going to take energy from you that's going to take away from you really being that version of yourself. I love that. I, I love the way you said that. Hey, ladies, you're a coach in the health and wellness space. I would imagine that's why you're listening to this podcast. And you also care about what you're doing and you care about your clients and you probably want to get more of them. And you probably want to learn how to sell a little bit better than what you're doing right now. I got you. I want to show you everything that I created in my Next Level Sales Group Coaching Program to help you do exactly that. Not only do I teach you the systems so that you sell more, I teach you how to do it with fun and joy and pleasure and in community with other women who are doing big things in this world. And you know the best part? Next Level Sales is getting a facelift. Call it a facelift. Call it an upgrade. Call it the next level of the next level. Whatever you want to call it, you do not want to miss out on this. Those are the only details I'm going to give you for now. But if you're interested in this, I want you to reach out to me and book a call with me now so that we can talk about what your options are, talk about if this is the right fit for you. There are no strings attached on this call. I'm not going to try to talk you into anything that isn't right for you. You and I will have a conversation. We will decide if this is a good opportunity for you. And if it is, I will welcome you into your next level because this is exactly what you need to truly make more of your conversations count, make more of an impact in this world, get more clients get more sales, and make this world a healthier place. So go to the show notes to book a call with me, and I can't wait to talk to you. If you have systems in place, mm-hmm. like and I, I'm teaching a class right now called Your Sacred Yes, and we were just talking about it last night, which is one of the ways we can tend to ourselves is by just like a garden where you prune or you weed. If you have systems or you have obligations or practices, even if you're in a networking group and you know for certain that you're never going to make use of it, Refunnel your time and energy and resources into something that you know works for you with the pe- kind of people you like. You know, one of the networking groups I'm in, the focus is, and they don't even actually call it a networking group, they call it a community mm-hmm. because one of the primary things that's there is mentorship between successful women. And mm-hmm. so it's not about referrals necessarily. So what I find more there is just I'm just cultivating relationships with people who get my world. It's nice to talk to people who are also in business and deal with all the stuff you deal with when you're in business, you know, like don't check your email on Sunday, but I'm so tempted. And they're like, don't do it. Like it's helpful to have people who understand. Uh, So I don't, I mean, it sounds like everybody who's on this has a community, but Mm -hmm. you know, like if you haven't joined her group program where other people where you're getting coaching support and also community, I recommend that. Right. 
Right. And we also just, it, it, no <laughs> surprise, we also just had a conversation about that today as a group because they were all mentioning how important and valuable the community has been because it's like, there's just, there's support, there's encouragement, there's ideas, there's just across the board, especially as entrepreneurs. We need a community, not just people, right? It's about the quality and the, the quality of the, per, the people that you put yourself around. Are they doing similar things as you? then those might be your people that are going to help you stay elevated, help you stay in the game and help you feel okay. Even when you're not, you know, and you're feeling challenged, that support is there as well. Yeah. There's this word. So I'll add this as the last bit because it kind of like totally fits, which is because I am American raised in the culture of America, I was raised inside of in independence, being independent. Mm-hmm. And as a woman in this day and age, being independent is a big deal However, when I have done that inner work to recognize community, right, the power of community, the power of camaraderie, the, the, the power of sisterhood, if you want, or for me, it's all people, but sisterhood is helpful. What I recognize is this new word, which is like one of my favorite words, which is interdependence. Ooh. So the I word think. means the reliance on each other. So it's reciprocal. Because our fear is to become dependent, dependent on, codependent on, but interdependent. So like I took me a long time to be willing to hire somebody to do some work for me because in my brain, I'm like, and it wasn't even like I failed if I have to hire someone. It was more like I can do it better. So when I got to the place where it was like, well, it's not about who does it better. It's about that's one of those things that takes me out of presence when I'm with people is managing things like rescheduling and people getting invoices. And so, you know, like that whole idea of building community. So in the very, very beginning, when I started my business, the community I was part of was that coaching group. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have been as successful in business had I not had that coaching group I was in. It was facilitated by a coach, but it was facilitated. So there was a lot of masterminding that happened and people shared resources and they shared challenges and nobody in the group did the same thing. That had its own challenge, by the way, like everybody in the group did something different. So I've since found other people who do similar things to me. Right. And that really helps because then right. you can talk shop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like what apps do you use, you know, for people to coordinate with their trainer and their diet? And do, like, do they report to you? Like, it's helpful to have people who, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Even things are dependent. That's yeah. the goal. That's my point. Yeah, I love that. I think that's beautiful because you're right. It's like we do need to lean on each other for that support and that, you know, like we're meant to be in community. And again, I can't say it enough, especially as entrepreneurs, it can be very lonely and and you're going to eventually give up on yourself if you don't put yourself around the right people and the right support. Because let's be honest, you've been doing it for 17 years. I've been doing it for four. If you're going to visit the peaks, you're going to visit the valleys, you're going to visit everything in between. And you're going to give all in the same day, day. <laughs> all, yeah, all in the same minute sometimes. Come on, Shoshana. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, and, and you need the people that you can count on that are in your corner to help you keep going. Cause you really do want to keep going, but there's going to be times where it's going to be hard to do that. And your community is going to make all the difference. Yeah, it really will. It really will. The other thing I'll just say, cause I'm just thinking about all these awesome new business owners, right? It's like, yeah to remember that, and this is even helpful 17 years on, is like one in three, only one in three make it past three years. Yep. And so some of the reason for that is 
you know, not understanding who your target market is, like who's the person who would be a good fit for what you have to offer. And they would see the obvious value of it, right? That's sometimes why they fail. Sometimes it's wrong product, wrong market. Like the thing you offer is great. It's just not great for where you're targeting it, right? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's just from like total exhaustion and lack of support. And that's what we're talking about. It's, it's legit. It's legit. And, you know, I don't know if all the women, I don't know if it's only women you work with or women and men. Is women. It full? In women. my program, it's women. Yeah. I, okay. I got it. Well, I will say that I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine who's a sociologist. We were talking about how, why is it that women break each other down? Why is that? Why do we do that? And it's that whole thing about you, you know, queens fix each other's crowns. It's like, it can be really easy to find yourself in a place where you get envious of other people's success mm-hmm. if you don't cultivate the habit of seeing in a community other people's success as your own. Yeah, you're right. So like that, I have found that to be really powerful when other people say things like, I got my TEDx talk accepted. My book was number one on Amazon. Like I have cultivated the habit in my brain that when I see that, I see it as my win. Yeah. Like our win, right? Yeah. And like, that helps. Yeah. Could that be me? And yeah. the answer is always yes. And I like, always. yeah, yes. I like that we have, again, when you put yourself around the right, the right people, you see walking permission slips everywhere you go. And your job is to choose to see it that way and celebrate it as if it is you, because that means it's possible for you. Love that walking permission slips. Yeah, I say that all the time. We're all walking permission slips for each other. And who are you in how you're showing up in your life? Who are you giving permission to do the same? And when we're holding ourselves back because of our fears, like a lot of times us letting setting ourselves free is truly what allows somebody else to say their yes and set themselves free. And we have to remember that at all times, how we're showing up, people are seeing, they're watching, whether we know it or not. Yeah. You, you said this thing before that I just want to like re-say, because I think also for new business owners, it can feel a little overwhelming, which is like you're always selling. Mm-hmm. And all I want to say, just because you did say this already too, which is like there's a difference between the end transaction, what someone might call the contractual part of the conversation, yes. and then the other part of the conversation, which is just connection. Yeah. So what you could say it in another way that feels less intimidating for people. You are always engaged in building relationship. You never know who the person in front of you could become. I right now have a client that I had to sign an NDA for, which is a non-disclosure agreement because I can't tell people who she is because her father is very famous. And I met her at a party four years ago. And I was just like, she was super sweet. And we just got to having a conversation. And I asked her about her jewelry, which she had made. And she told me all these great stories. And that was just like, just an engagement. And I said, I'd love to have your cell phone number. It sounds like you read great books. And I love fantasy novels. That was it. It was. And then now, like, that's just, to me, that's like an example of at that moment, was I selling? Was I innocent? No, but I was. You're always building relationship. You're always you selling yourself. Yeah. That's why I say you're always selling because the reason people are going to want to buy from you anyways is because of you. And when we're just showing up and genuinely being curious, genuinely connecting, genuinely asking, genuinely building empathy, then 100%. we're drawing people closer to the energy that they feel when they're around us. 
and they want to feel that way again and again, and they see an opportunity. And it's not it's not just self-serving. You know, there's a genuine relationship back and forth. There's something about them that we enjoy, which we should make important about the clients that we work with. You should genuinely make sure that you like them and enjoy being around them because you're going to spend a lot of intimate time with them. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever you offer, you're going to end up getting to know them really well. Yeah. For sure. I think that's one of those pieces of primary target market when people start identifying who they want to work with. They spend a lot of time on how, what kind of person would want what they have, mm-hmm. but the part they forget is like, what are the personality traits and interests that this person has that makes you be the, makes them be the kind of person you'd want to be around? Yes. There's demographics and there's yes. certain attributes about, or, or facts about somebody that make them an ideal, uh, ideal client. But then there's like, what are your requirements? What are your personality traits that you're looking for in a person that you would want to spend that amount of time and and um, intimate connection with? And I think that, if not just as important, maybe more important, because that's going to make a big difference in their results and their experience with you. Right. And your experience in working with them, you yep. know, as a coach, there are some people who are coached or who get coached or want to coach that are very results oriented. Mm-hmm. So if in a convert in that initial relationship building, you find out they're really results oriented and you yourself are not a results oriented person, you're like a holistic health coach. Mm-hmm. So it's really like their whole life and not this one result called cholesterol lowers or weight is lost or whatever, then mm-hmm. they're not, they're probably not going to be your people. It's right. like a useful thing to identify. The thing that I realized probably in the last year when I started to really like hone in and 17 years, I got to tell you, I've changed my, you know, primary target market person. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 20 times. Good heavens. A whole bunch of times because that. I changed what I, who I wanted to work with in the, in the beginning, fit yes. what I was offering, but also who I was, yep. but I've changed a lot in 17 years. So who I want to work with now is also yep. a good fit for who I am now too. Yeah. I thank you for saying that. I think that's really important for people because a lot of times beginning entrepreneurs, they're like, I don't want to nail down to one specific person. I just want to help everybody. I'm like, great, you're going to help nobody. So you better, you know, pick a specific problem that you want to help people solve because you got to start somewhere. And they're like, but I just want to help that. I'm like, but, but here's the thing I say all the time, because this is what was said to me because I was the same way. It's not a tattoo on your face. (laughs) You said that to me during our first call. I remember that. It's not, you're not stuck with it forever. And by the way, you shouldn't be because to your point, Shoshana, you're going to evolve. You're not going to serve that same person because you're a different person. You've grown, you've expanded, and you always will through your coaching. And so the people that you're going to be serving as you move forward is going to be a different level of person than when you first start out. So choose a place to start, get known for something now, start to build a foundation and know that will always evolve as you do. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. So, oh my gosh. So I could keep true. going forever and forever with you. This is so much fun. I've so enjoyed this conversation. Where can people find you? Cause I know that right now you've sold yourself. They're attracted to your energy. Where can they go and get more of that? If you want to find me on social media, I'm on Instagram, Shoshana French Stokes. It's my married name. Okay. Um, that's probably the best. I post there seven days a week. I engage with people on stories, all that kind of stuff. If you want to find out more about what I do, you can find me um, at my business website, simplespirit.com, Simple Spirit. I have free resources on there. I write a blog. I have videos. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. I have a free gift. And uh, I send a newsletter 
like usually about once a week. And it's mostly pretty informational because I really education. I'm like you, Nicole and I are the same in this regard, which is I love teaching. It is my jammy jam. It's my favorite. So most of what I do content wise is educational because that's what I love. I love sharing what I learn. I love sharing my experiences. And uh, that's the best way to find me. You can do single sessions with me if you want to get a taste or people can work with me over a longer term. But, you know, I have lots of resources uh, in general. So if you track me down and say, I saw you on the live. And if you need resources, just ask me. I'm a big believer in sharing those resources because that's what someone did with me. And that's how I got where I am. So 17 years. Did everybody later. hear that, ladies? Did you all hear that? All the value that she puts out there, all the teaching, all the resources, that's where we really want to serve. And, you know, it, I'll just say this last thing. It might not be the right time <laughs> to say it, but I have people all the time. They're like, should I offer things for free? Should I offer my coaching for free? I'm like, if you're doing this right, you've got all kinds of things that you're offering for free. You're always serving people. If you do a, an Instagram live once a week, that's free. That's value. That's you being of service. Now, do you have to give your coaching services away? No. And if you really care enough about doing the the work and and you want to really help people, you won't. You'll understand how important it is that this is compartmentalized. It's where people can spend more time with you, but you're already serving for free. And I heard you say that very powerfully in all the different things that you just mentioned and that that people can expect from you. Amazing. Well, thank you. Conversation is so good. I know. I know. We'll have to get like, like I said, I could talk to you forever. It was so much fun. And I know everybody got value out of this. So find her on Instagram, send her a DM, connect with her. She obviously just said she's there seven days a week and loves to build relationships. So thank you so much, Shoshana. This was fantastic. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. I'll see you soon. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.